comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking The Hobbit, colon, The Battle of the Five Armies. And my axe. And my sword. And then there's three other armies. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello, friends. Out Now is a film podcast, which is Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, and then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 175, 175. I mean, it sounds pretty good to me. It's like $1.75. That's not too bad. It's less than $2. It's like we got to like a, a nice, like... 175 kind of number when we get to this movie since it's like yeah you know it's it's nice and blocky speaking of which we're obviously (laughs) obviously we're talking about the pyramid from fox it was a shelf by studios but uh, (laughs) we're finally going to delve into it we're talking about yeah we're talking about the uh, the hobbit colon the battle of the five armies this week peter jackson's final entry into the hobbit trilogy and uh joining us tonight today to this morning whenever you might be listening to this joining uh, joining you with a listener with Abe and I to discuss this movie. They flew in specially. Yeah, we have from first showing .net two of my favorite dwarves. It's Alex Billington and Ethan Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, guys? How are you? I didn't guys? realize you guys were dwarves. Yeah, I, I know. I, was, uh, I didn't realize I, it either. I mean, I'm a portly fella, so you know, whatever floats your boat. There's two examples I take away. I mean, there's one. There's Will Ferrell, who didn't know he know he's an elf, but he's actually a man. And there's of course Steve Martin and the jerk who didn't realize he wasn't black until you know much later on. So <laughs> the two key examples to relate how you guys are dwarves. So that's, yeah, I got it. All right. Um, okay. Well, glad to have you guys on. And before we get to the the main show here, let's do some announcements, some show notes stuff. Uh, first up, I keep teasing commentaries, and I want to they're, do them. They're coming. Abe wants to do them. They yeah. are coming. They might. At this point, they might be different just so we can get a commentary out this month because we like doing commentaries every month for you guys because you guys like listening to our commentaries. But just scheduling problems, guys. That's all it is. So eventually they will be here, hopefully very soon, but we'll see. And especially amidst the flurry of bonus episodes we'll probably be having in the rest of this month given the many different releases and all kinds of schedules to work with to talk to people about different movies coming out. But commentaries are coming. Hold the horses. Hold your rabbits. Hold your your rams your that rabbits. climb up mountains. Hold your eagles. Hold everything. They're coming. Yeah. Exactly. Especially the Eagles. Yeah. We don't want any Eagles. of that. Also, <laughs> iTunes reviews and ratings, good to get those. Helps out our show, helps other people find our show. Just makes you know, makes it a fun more more fun more of a fun process to do as we you know, people are you know, writing in and we read them and helps out and everyone's happy, right Abe? Pretty much. I mean it makes my day. Good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Moving on, let's get to know everybody. We're each week we ask each other some questions, try to get the tone for the podcast set and just feel better trying to know, know everybody. everybody. Sounded right. different this week, but yeah. all right. I mixed it up a little. Ah, you know, gotcha. It's episode 175. <laughs> you got to mix things up a little slight. Um, I'm going to ask a question here for you, for all of you guys. Do you guys marathon any movie series like on like a yearly basis? Like, Is there like a, a set of movies that you're like, time to watch these? Home Alone. So you watch all four Home Alone One, movies? One, two, three, and four. No, I, I actually don't marathon movies often. TV shows are different. I yeah, say I, I used to do, but... 
I mean, like, I don't, yeah, I don't have anything that I'll uh, go out of my way to. Sometimes it's just a random feeling. Like, I don't have, like, a tradition. I mean, the, the closest, I guess, yearly that I come is, like, I get out pretty much all of my Christmas movies, and I'll watch them, you know, over, like, the week leading up to Christmas or something like that. But, uh, no, I don't know. I haven't really marathoned anything in a while. The, the last two marathons, I guess, I did were in theaters because I went to see The Lord of the Rings extended cuts before the first Hobbit movie came out in theaters. Yeah. Uh, and that was cool because my sister hadn't seen any of them. And so that was like the best way to experience Lord of the Rings. And then I also did the Marvel phase one marathon before uh, the Avengers. Ooh, it's a long marathon. Yeah, that was in, in pretty insane. <laughs> well, it's, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Yeah. Every, every time there's a new Woody Allen movie, I try to watch every Woody Allen movie leading up to it. And it's always impossible. I don't know why. <laughs> That's not true. That'd be ridiculous. But what if there was somebody that did? <laughs> uh, there probably is someone. It's like show a nonstop Woody Allen. Like, yeah. That's cool. sure. <laughs> um, the only uh, and I I haven't I didn't do this this year and last year is because there was another thing that happened. But every every October I try to marathon the uh, the Evil Dead movies. Um, oh. Last year we had the remake came out, so I kind of watched it early. And I did actually end up watching at least one Evil Dead movie last year. This past year, I just didn't have a chance to because I was too busy. But that's some, that's one that I try to do because I just they're they're you know like eighty minutes. They're easy to do. So. You and just watch them in order, like original. Yeah, I, I, Evil Dead, oh, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness, and. I know. I almost think it would be cool to start with Army of Darkness and then go back because that's like how I actually, first no, watched. Actually, know what, Alex? I did do that once. I actually watched them in reverse order one year. I watched Army of Darkness, then Evil Dead Two, then Evil Dead, and it's. I, I, I described it in some way, I can't remember exactly how, but it was it was very interesting watching like Ash get dumber <laughs> and and like we and like weirdly confident in places and then not. Yeah, the first one is very weird. I've been wanting to uh, do all the Harry Potter movies recently, but uh, I just don't really have the time. <laughs> you can always see them. Isn't isn't there some TV channel that always plays them on a marathon? But yeah, but I don't want to watch ABC Family for a week straight and with commercials. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, but that's pretty much the pain you'd have to go through to watch them anyway. Because some of them are such massive year leaps between, like, when they were made and you see the kids grow. It's like boyhood across eight Harry Potter movies. <laughs> I mean, I love Harry Potter, but I'm not going to endure endless commercials about the Fosters just so I can watch it. <laughs> what, what, about, what about Pretty Little Liars and Switched at Birth? I'm sure those are those are great commercials. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when it comes to Harry Potter, I always watch them in the same order. Five, seven, six, eight, <laughs> three, two, four, one. Eight, part one, or two. So then at the end there, they're, it's all just a dream. They're still just little children. Exactly. Yes, yeah, got they're, it. They're, exa- they're all Todd Haynes' little children. That's that's what I that's what I come away thinking. <laughs> Weird. I came up with a random order, and I'm very proud of it. So there you go. Um, <laughs> Abe, do you have a question? <laughs> We've been going on this one for a while. <laughs> I do have a question for you guys. How long would you like to be gone before someone starts selling all your stuff? Oh. Well. Oh, man. He was only gone for about 30 days. No, they told us. Like, oh, it, like it was like 33 months. Yeah, 30 oh, months. Oh, 33 months. Like three oh, years, 30 bro. months. 30, yeah, 30 months. All right, I'm sorry. Bilbo was out the door. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought it I was mean, kind of I... rude of them to do that. Oh, yeah? You thought it was rude of someone to sell your stuff? Yeah, I think that too, Abe. <laughs> oh, yeah? Is that what you thought? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, that, that was Seriously. ill-mannered. You're right. Quite. I mean, it's not very Hobbiton like. I don't know, man. I feel like 32 months is kind of right about the the right mark for. Yeah, I mean, if you've been gone a long time, (laughs) it would probably happen sooner. Like, if I was gone for just like a a month and no one knew where I was, I would probably be presumed dead. And then, uh, I don't know. I have a lot of cool stuff. I think so. I'm pretty sure everyone would want it. (laughs) 
just leave a note on your door to like be back later or BBL. It is weird that he, like, especially because he has a garden, like no one was tending to his house while he was gone. Like he didn't put someone else up to the task. He couldn't. There's that scene where he just runs away and says, I'm going on an adventure. And that's all we heard. <laughs> it's pretty, it's really irresponsible on his part. It is quite irresponsible. I mean, he's kind of lacking in some of the thoughts. He doesn't even lock his doors. <laughs> remember when Actually, that happened? It's a safe in, neighborhood. Remember so. when that happened in um, season one, episode five of the British Office, where he's like, "I'm going on an adventure," and he quit his job, and then he came back the next week. Yeah, yeah, I do. Wasn't the best place to go about that. <laughs> uh, classic, classic, classic Martin, Martin Freeman. Freeman. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna give the same answer I always give: seven months and three days. Seven months? Why? What? Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That's, right. that's the time. All right. Might as well start selling stuff. That's what I say at that point. Yeah. Seven months and three days. Three days. Right. Yeah, you get that three-day leeway after the seven. Yeah, days. just in case. Just in case. You're like, hey, by the way, I'm just still on an adventure with 14 other hobbits. Three-day leeway is one of my favorite Christian rock bands, by the way. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just saying. All right. I think we've right. really done this, so that's how you play. Rock band's an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> If, if that's true, then I don't want to be Creed. Um, let's move on. <laughs> let's, that's how you play No Everybody. Okay. Let's do the Dino Quickies. Yeah. Each weekend out now, we have one main movie of the week that we talk about, but we also have other movies that we see during the week. That's so why I decided to call Dino Quickies. Yeah. See, I mumbled it last week, so I slowed it down a tad this week so you can kind of, kind of hear it. Not bad. I thought so. Alex Billington, have you seen any other movies this week? Um, not in theaters, no. Or recently that you'd like to bring up? I mean, I've seen movies on TV. Does that count? <laughs> if there's <laughs> one like, movie I you want to, if there's one movie you want to bring up, go for it, man. <laughs> I just watched Child of Angry Men. It was great. Um, and and very timely for the moment. Let me tell you. <laughs> so it's a classic, but it's a good one. For sure, I love I'll that. Bring that up. It's one of my favorite yeah. movies. I love Child Angry Men. They'll stand up. It's great. It's such a great like screenwriting setup where it just starts and everything sort of revealed throughout it and like you know there's only the right bits of dialogue you need to hear to understand it. It's good. It's really good. And he just wanted to get to his baseball game, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's a hot day. You want to see some baseball? Ethan, have you seen any other movies this week? Uh, yeah, I saw Top Five earlier this week. It's yeah, it's really good. Uh, it's basically Chris Rock's Annie Hall. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's really fun. There's like some like amazing cameos in it and it's just, yeah, it's just, it was just really good. Um, I wish Chris Rock would make more movies like that. Yeah. I hope he yeah. does direct more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I talked about top five a little bit last week. I really enjoyed it too. And yeah, I, I do agree. The camp, there's so, there's two cameos in that film that are like among my favorites of the year that just killed. Oh me. no. Yeah. I would say that they're two like of the best cameos I've ever seen, probably. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna guess that it's Bob Saget and Elmo. Crushed it. Yeah. Yeah. He gets yes. It. Yeah. Yes. It. Might as well put the spoiler bars over that part. It <laughs> <laughs> was dead on. No, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I really like Top Five. I do think Chris Rock did a fantastic job of kind of of both, of both acting, which is something I think he excelled at this time around, as opposed to other times where he he's okay. I think he did a really good job here, and you know, just directing a movie. I think. Mean, yeah. I think he's done his best in both senses with top five. Yeah. And uh, I also saw Foxcatcher as well. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, which, uh, is, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's great. It's great. It's really haunting and chilling. Uh, and Steve Carell is, is awesome. Like, you really do forget that it's him. Yeah. I mean, is he, he going to win it? Is it going to go all the way? I don't know if he's going to, if he's going to win. I mean, uh, he, he's definitely got a good chance. It's just, yeah, he just, he's just super unnerving and yeah it's it's just a very it's a very unique movie and yeah I, I liked it a lot i liked it more than i thought i was going to like it 
it's weird because like I agree with a lot of what you say. The movie just didn't do anything for me. Like I appreciate the acting. I think it's good overall. I just I don't yeah. I don't really have much else to go with. I don't know. For me, for me, I don't know who just my mindset about it, but just knowing that like it's a true story, like a, leg- a legitimately true story, and that like that like that that's how John Dupont really was. It just creeps me out that like there was that kind of you know man living and like that you know that relationship he had and just it was yeah it was just very unnerving. Yeah, I I can agree with that. Like it, I feel like if there was a like if there was like an active killing style documentary about that, I'd probably even be more entranced by the fact that this happened. But <laughs> it's just the the movie itself. Is like yeah, all right, that's there's great acting in here and there's a, a certainly a good tone. It just didn't do much for me. Was, which I but I don't begrudge it any of the acclaim that it gets. So, you know, good on Fodcatcher for doing what it's doing. <laughs> it's just yeah, all right, I saw it. There you go, Abe. Uh, I didn't watch anything new, but my brother's been in town, so we've been watching a bunch of Netflix, and we watched Jack Reacher. Still pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. Jack Reacher's solid. Yeah. That Jack Courtney, he's going places. Seemingly downhill from Jack yeah. Reacher. What did he do after that? He did he did a Die, Die Hard, Hard, and then he did uh, Divergent. And then... uh, I hate Jack Courtney. Australia's <laughs> gem, Jack Courtney? Have you, just out of curiosity, have you guys seen the Spartacus series, the uh, TV series Spartacus? No. Because that's where I like Jai Courtney. Like, he was really good in the first season of Spartacus, and I'm like, all right, he's in things. And then everything I've seen, it's like, why? What's happening? No, stop. What? Jack Reacher was solid. Like, he's fine, because he doesn't have to talk much. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, he's just kind of like... (laughs) He's just kind of threatening. He's just bad guy. But, like, everything else is like, oh, this is... No. And I saw a little divergent on HBO last night, and it was his scene, and I was like, oh, my God. Uh. And here's here's a, here's a great thing too. The first person you see in Unbroken is Jai Courtney. Not kidding. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> it's, uh, it's the first face you see in the movie, Jai Courtney. And I was like, spoiler oh alert! <laughs> it's like somebody taught a mannequin to act, but not really well. <laughs> well, it's like a second, yeah, we'll see a second you have some later Genesis turns out. What? Uh, yeah, we'll see. Probably gonna be awful. You're right. We <laughs> will see how Terminator, Terminator Genesis starts out. Got it on my calendar. Moving on. Um, right. I saw a movie this week. It was the wrap up of another epic trilogy this week. That's right. Night at the Museum: The Secret of the Two. <laughs> oh. Um, What's the it? secret? I can't yeah. tell you the secret, but uh, Ben Kingsley knows it, uh, and it's not the and it's not the Christian Bale's Moses. That's what it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, no, I saw Mad at the Museum, and you know what? It's fine. Like, I'm not. What's weird is like I wasn't a huge fan of the first Mad at the Museum, but I like the sequel more, uh, mainly because Amy Adams is like her performance is really spunky and better than the Amelia Earhart movie that came out also that year. And um, this one is about the same as that sequel, where it's like I, I think what I like is that there's a sense of urgency because it all mostly takes place in one night as opposed to the first film, which is like spread out over a couple weeks, where it's just like yeah, there's a thing we got to do, and oh, here's all these crazy characters, and it's you know it's whatever. It's not like amazing, but at the same time, it's you know it's for a family audience and it does what it does. Yeah, I've actually I've kind of been a, an apologist for the Night of the Museum franchise because I actually think it's really fun, uh, mostly just because of you can tell that Robert uh, Ben Grant well, and Tom Lennon know how to write good comedy and for like and make it family friendly but without necessarily sacrificing a lot of quality which is hard to do and like uh yeah i know i've enjoyed the franchise i think it's fun and cool and like this it's all the extra characters that make it really fun i i liked the fact that you told me that this one takes place in a single night because that was my problem with the first movie is that well just it should just be one night this is like yeah yeah it's called night at the museum not nights (laughs) 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 but um no yeah no i'm 
I'm kind of looking forward to, to seeing it, so I'll, I'll see it sometime soon. Yeah, I hope you enjoy it, because, I mean, for a family audience-type movie at this time of year, it makes sense to me, and, you know, it's it's fun. Like, it it knows how to have fun, and, like, there's even some sentiment there, just because of it kind of be. it seems like it's a finale. Like, I can't, I can see how you could obviously make more, because it's, you know, about magic. So, but at the same time, it's like, it, I, I would be surprised if Ben Stiller came back to do a fourth night at the museum movie. But, but, you know, I can still see wacky adventures happening. And, you know, having Robin Williams around, he has, I think, more to do in this one than the set, than the second one, for sure, and maybe more than the first one. And, you know, there's something there where it's like, ah, oh, he's having fun, and I, I wish that didn't change. But, yeah. Night of the Museum, Secret of the Tomb, in theaters now. If there's one trilogy to wrap up this year, maybe that's going to be the one you do. But, anyway, it's, um, <laughs> that was that No Quickies. Tim. Let's move on now to movie trailer talk, where we talk about one of the newest movie trailers and when it's coming out, what we thought of it, what have you. And this time we have Knight of Cups. This is the new film from director Terrence Malick, who seems to be busier than ever after, you know, the various yeah. years in between all of his movies. Now he's just cranking them out, because that's how he rolls when, he's, when he gets older, I guess. He's gone Hollywood. He's gone Hollywood. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> literally, because I think that's where this movie takes place. But, um... I don't, I don't have a way to describe the plot of this movie, so I'm going to read the IMDb summary, which is even more confusing than when I tried to look up the plot to begin with. Here's what it says. Once there was a young prince whose father, the king of the east, sent him down into Egypt to find a pearl. But when the prince arrived, the people poured him a cup. Drinking it, he forgot he was the son of a king, forgot about the pearl, and fell into a deep sleep. If that conveys to you a movie about Christian Bale kind of slumming it around Hollywood and like a Hollywood lifestyle... Then good on you for figuring that out. But that's that's um that's a description of Knight of Cups. And with the trailer, I'm just gonna ask right away what what did you guys think of it? How about Alex, what did you think of the trailer of Knight of Cups? Yeah, I, you know I I think it actually looks good. Like you know like what the heck is going on? I'm curious to find out kind of way. But I'm a, I'm I like Malik recently though his his last film I didn't like. I didn't like To the Wonder Tree Tree Life was okay. And so it's like I want to see what he's up to. I don't know if it'll be any good. It reminds me of uh, the Julianne Moore film recently, uh, Maps to the Stars. Oh, the like just like the yeah, just like the inside look at Hollywood debauchery, like everything, and just like it's just weird. It's weird from Malik, but at the same time, it has that Malik feel, which just like sometimes can give you chills. Where it's like the shot of the kid crawling with the music. So I'll defend it. I'll say it's really good, but but I have no idea. It also looks too much like just something that critics will cream over, to so to say. Like it just has that like, like everything you would want in deep thematics and yeah, shots of this and that. And I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> am I the only one that feels this way? I know other people were going crazy for it, but uh, I am not really a Terrence Malick guy. I don't dislike him. Uh, like I, I respect what he does, and like he his movies look gorgeous and that kind of thing. Like uh, I get it, but I'm just not like ever really excited about a Terrence Malick movie. Uh, I, I honestly haven't even watched the trailer for Night of Cups just because I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll get around to that. Um, <laughs> it's funny because the description you gave sounds like it could easily be a side plot from Exodus. Yeah, um, yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, but, it's, yeah. No, it's like some thematic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. It's, it's uh, sh- sure, yeah, Terrence Malick, great. Go see it if you like it. I'm just, I'm just not, you know, excited. It's... I haven't really seen a lot of ter- Terrence Malick films, and this one trailer looks kind of weird at the beginning and then when he gets to the whole entire you know questioning of who he used to be and what he used to do that got pretty interesting and they were just terrence malick shots of you know oceans and beautiful scenes of nature and whatever else uh, so it got more effective 
during that part, the latter part for me. So it kind of made me more interested to see it. But at the same time, uh, I'm not exactly sure because I read the IMDb description and then I also read another description somewhere else and uh, they don't really match up. So yeah, I, I'm curious to see what it's really about, but uh, I probably would wait for Aaron's opinion. Uh, I have good news for you, Abe, because we talked about marathoning movie series. Yeah. Uh, Terrence Malick doesn't have a lot in his filmography, so it's not hard to catch up on him. And his, I mean, <laughs> I, I I really like Badlands, his first film with uh, Michael Sheen. Yeah. Or Mike, Michael Sheen. Michael. <laughs> Michael Sheen. Mike, Michael Sheen. You know, he was the Frost Nixon, who was great. Uh, <laughs> uh, Martin Sheen. Um, and Sissy Spacek. That is awesome. Yeah, I, I really love that movie, and I you know I, I like uh, uh, Thin Red Line and. And the uh, what's the Richard Gere one that I'm blanking on right now? That's killing me. What is it? Doctor uh, T and the Woman. Doctor T and the Woman. I don't know why that's so funny. Doctor T and the Woman. Days of Heaven is what I'm trying to think. And I, yeah, I was big on the Tree of Life as well. Uh, with Knight of Cups, you watch this trailer, it's like this is definitely a Malick movie. You definitely get that out of the trailer. That's for yeah. sure. Especially you know his style of now of you know intense close-ups mixed with like aimless shots following people from behind and what have you and the music and the use of scenery and whatnot uh i i was very intrigued by the trailer i i like that it's it's set sometime in the present it almost you know what it, it, it gave me a kind of reminder of uh what's it the the gaspar no film um enter the void enter the in a weird way you know you know what i'm talking about alex um it, yeah certainly not like in uh in an in, in an intense way like that but there's kind of there's something there where i'm like i want to keep watching this that's guy and that's the reaction i had to that movie and that's something i had a reaction yeah. to in this trailer and it has this like crazy cast, like Christian Bale, Natalie Portman, Kate Blanchett, um, among like I just I assume just lots of other just random like actors popping up because they're like, oh, Terrence Malick shooting, I'm gonna pop by the set today or something because I know the script is like apparently all improvised, like besides like having some kind oh, of structure. Really? Yeah, the script's apparently entirely improvised, which doesn't seem surprising to me. And... That's why it's like, well, then what the heck do we make sense of your story then? If there is one, or is it just like random bits and pieces of moments where he just walks around and is like, I don't like Hollywood. I think Malik's had a, Malik's had a long career of proving that he can find it in the edit, because people seem to like what he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Mean, and he's been editing this one for like two years already. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see what's coming, but I, I'm certainly intrigued by, by Night of Cups. Like, I, I, I want to see what's going on, because I do like Terrence Malick. I can give it, it used to feel like more of an event to get a Terrence Malick film, given that he doesn't make films very often. But nowadays, he seems to be coming out with them, and that maybe it, maybe it wears off the kind of sense of, oh, man, a new Malick film's coming, but at the same time, I'm still excited by seeing a new Malick film coming. So It Just comes, it out. comes yeah. next year sometime. I believe it's, de- it's debuting at some film festival in, like, February. Berlin, yeah. Berlin, yeah. And then um, sometime, I guess, in 2015, it'll arrive in theaters somewhere. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that one. To be continued, some would say about TBD. TBD, just like the interview. TBD on that release date. <laughs> um, that was trailer talk. Let's uh, let's move on now, guys. Let's get to the the main event here, the giant battle of the five armies, comma the Hobbit colon. <laughs> yeah, I, I said it backwards. That's right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Return of the Thorin King. Thorin, you. Gave a promise. You brought upon them only ruin and death. You've won the mountain, is that not enough? Now, we defend it. 
I came to reclaim something of mine. All right, that should have been some of the trailer for The Hobbit, colon, The Battle of Five Armies. This is the concluding chapter in the Hobbit trilogy, um, Peter Jackson's second Middle Earth-based trilogy, a, which is basically a long-form version of a third act of a story that's been stretched out into three whole movies. Once again, we find ourselves dealing with Bilbo and a band of dwarves led by Thorn Oakenshield, who must now figure out how to hold on to the very land and home he has been fighting to get back. The arrival of various horses will no doubt make this quite the challenge. Of course, seeing helpful figures like Gandalf may direct the grand final battle in a certain direction, but who knows how things will shake out. With all that in mind, Ethan Anderton, what did you what did you end your take on the Hobbit franchise so far, and what did you think of this film? Uh, I've been pretty lukewarm on the Hobbit franchise. Um, the first one was pretty meandering and just kind of you know Lord of the Rings light, and then like it got a little bit better with the second story. Uh, there's some, you know, cool action sequences and whatnot, and, like, more interesting characters got involved. Uh, and this one, it's just way too much spread out over, you know, an entire third film. I, 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 from the beginning, this, this movie hasn't been living up to the title. I mean, it's called The Hobbit, but Bilbo's in these movies for, you know, maybe, like, an hour. And, like, I get it, it's this big, sprawling epic, but, like... You kind of have more permission with Lord of the Rings to, like, jump around to all these different facets and characters. But, like, with this, you know, it's, it's supposed to be about Bilbo and his adventure. Uh, and there's just way too much, you know, side stuff. And, like, my biggest problem with this, the series overall is it's uh, it's just like the Gotham TV series where it's all these winks and nods. Like, hey, remember Lord of the Rings? That, that That's coming soon. Uh, let's uh, We'll name drop some stuff that you're, you'll recognize from Lord of the Rings. Strider. Uh, and so it's just, yeah, I mean, it's, this one, seriously, I think was the most egregious with setup for Lord of the Rings that was completely unnecessary, especially because there are 50 years that passes between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. So it's like, we don't need all the, this, you know, the elbowing and nudging, right, reminding me what's going to happen. So, uh, yeah. Alex? Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I feel like I should just repeat what he said. No, I, I'm I'm in general agreement what with what Ethan said. In general, that kind of general feeling of like it just it's just not anywhere near as good as it should and could be. And and I the other thing I was gonna mention, one of my notes was exactly what he said, which is that there's just not enough focus on Bilbo, especially in this last one. It doesn't make sense to me because you're following it so long and it's like his story, and then he's in it for such a small amount of time. And not even, like, he, he doesn't have anything to do. Like, he's at the mountain, and he's, like, literally sitting there half the time being like, well, what do I do now before trying to go home? And It also doesn't help that he's, he's see, like, the most interesting you know. character in the movie. and that like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually well-acted. There's, like, yeah, there's, like, all right, I want to see you, Bilbo, but he's not there. And then, I don't know, I just... Uh, my feeling when I watched this the first time, which was a couple weeks ago, but I remember thinking, like... I was satisfied, but I was almost just satisfied that it was just over and I like had a good time watching it, but it was like, it was just like, okay, I just had a good meal. It was like one of those feelings. You're like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> you know, good job, Peter Jackson. But, and then the other thing that Ethan said that I agree with is also that there, there was just so much, uh, like I was, t I didn't want any of Legolas. I didn't want all these connections that we didn't need. I just wanted to see the Hobbit story wrap up well. And even um, uh, Thandril, I was, like, tired of him, too. I was like, this guy's such a dick. Like, go home, buddy. Like, <laughs> leave this alone. I just, and, and like, the, the battle was cool, but then it's just like, all right, whatever. So I'm kind of I'm kind of in that lukewarm, whatever, mixed-feeling camp, which is just, 
it, it, uh, the other thing I'll say is that I feel really unfortunate to be on this side, which is why I'm excited to hear you guys' other opinions, is that I, I want to love it, and I was obviously so ready to because I love Middle Earth and I love Lord of the Rings, but it just wasn't up there. Abe? Well, here's some good news, Alex. <laughs> oh, I actually bring it agree on. with I actually agree with Ethan and Alex a lot. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So the movie's actually just I, I felt as though it was very mediocre too, and and unfortunately it should have been called something like Thorin and his dwarf buddies, um, because yeah, the Hobbit's not really in there. And Aaron, you brought up a really interesting point of the Hobbit's the most interesting guy. I mean, he is, and there was one scene where I thought it was kind of gonna pull it all back, where he's talking about some acorn. And I was like, oh, that's a really nice tender scene, and then everything else is just. Nah, let's just go into battle and have all these dwarf buddies and Billy Connolly show up and let's just do a bunch of other stuff. And it's like, okay, well, I guess that the only other scene that we're going to see is when he goes back to the Shire, which is what we see. But other than that, the movie is very, very, uh, I think it's spread all over the place. And I think that has to do with what Ethan was talking about, about all these uh, allusions to the Lord of the Rings series, Um, especially like one giant battle fight, which is kind of cool. But then you have these two characters there that didn't think we're going to show up. Um, and then, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, the problem that I have is that you're running into a lot of, all this angst that is kind of not really supposed to be there because from what I've been told, and I can't remember because I read this a long time ago, The Hobbit's more of a lighter film and it shouldn't really be so much about uh, death and destruction. Um, and then something that Aaron and I talked about just in a very recent podcast, we were saying, oh, well, you know, we're probably we're pretty sure that Smaug is gonna be in here for like two minutes, and he's in here for like two minutes. It's like a Bond opening, like he's like he's like the thing that like <laughs> yeah. James Bond deals with, and then you cut to like the fantastic opening yeah. song number, which I like, I I was describing to my friends like I hope that's how it starts. Like there's a Bond movie theme that goes on after the, the, the opening <laughs> it's, the opening. It's just Luke Evans in the silhouette. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Just> like, <laughs> with the cool. giant black arrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for the I most part. Like it, that. It, yeah, it's kind of a disappointing movie. It's almost like a parabolic path of just like up and down, meaning, yeah, the first movie was there, and the second movie was a little bit more of a highlight. You're kind of excited to see what would happen. And the third movie was kind of just um, a, a meh movie. And it's kind of unfortunate because I do feel happy that it's just over, but at the same time, I'm not wowed by it, um, and I'm not thinking, wow, I wish I could return to Middle Earth, primarily because I've seen a lot of it before in Peter Jackson's Lord of the Ring trilogy. So, yeah, it was uh, somewhat of a of a letdown, but at the same time, it's just, like, I'm really glad that it's over, so I don't have to watch another one next year. Yeah, hashtag one last time, certainly a good one for this film, as <laughs> posters have been turned But you know they're going to make more, that's the problem. Yeah, and that's... You know they're going to, like, drop from Silmarillion and be like, we have a whole other story to tell, which is with Lego this <laughs> If it's another like, director, oh, that'd be really cool. And it, Well, it's sad, because I wish I could be excited about middle going back to Middle Earth, and I'm just not, after watching this movie. Yeah. Um, for my thoughts, um... We've been doing this for a couple years now, guys. Uh, Alex and Abe, we've, you've, we've yeah. been doing these podcasts about these Hobbit movies uh, with rent, with various guests coming in and out. Happy to have you here, Ethan. Um, I from the yeah. start, I from the start have not was not a big fan of the first Hobbit movie. I think we all recall this. Um, yeah. The second one was like by default better, and this one, what I was hoping was that there'd be something like something to really like show why this needed to be three movies where we'd get kind of like some emotional closure that comes with what I assume would be a big action scene. And we got the big action scene, but there wasn't much to like get me worked up about anything happening. And that comes from yes, stretching this out into three damn movies. <laughs> There's 
the story is so thin and the characters are so thin because you're just spending way too much time on a story that just doesn't have much meat to it. And as much as he wants, as Jackson wants to, you know, fill it out with his own stuff and with stuff from the various appendices, it just didn't work out well because I walked out of this thinking, all right, it's over. One last time, indeed, we're done because I, I don't care. I <laughs> like it can look as good as it does. And even that's questionable because once again, I really dislike the 48 frames per second thing. But even aside from that, something with the Lord of the Rings, which I, you know, I watched bits and pieces of recently. Um, you can see like where the practical effects and the CGI, the way they blend together, it really makes for like a, it gives it a more visceral quality given, you know, the intensity of the apocalyptic scenario of the Lord of the Rings. With this, it just feels so shiny and so, you know, just clean and not really. I'm sure the effort was there, and I'm sure there, you know, there's, there's obviously lots of practical sets and whatnot, but just nothing feels like it all feels false. I guess is what I'm getting at, like I don't feel the emotions coming from the various characters and you know the love story that happens or this the the nature of certain dramatic arcs that take place or whatnot. Just none of it feels important to me. And that's just all of that means that the giant battle that ensues and it's you know impressive and giant, that's for sure, just doesn't have much weight to it. And so if that's not the case. I don't have anything to connect to in this movie. And so that, for that reason, I just don't care. And so it's, you know, yeah. it's okay, but it's nothing special. <laughs> it's just over, which is what you guys have been saying. And that's, yeah, it's good. <laughs> I'm glad it's And over. one of the things that you brought up too, which I'm sure we were all going to talk about uh, is the love story, which I didn't think was very effective <laughs> at all because you have Tariel, who is not in the books, according to what all the people say, um, well, compared to the fact that she's not in the books. She's <laughs> not in the books, right. And then uh, and you have her love for this dwarf and how they spend so much time together. And I honestly forgot what this rock meant because it was in the second movie. Yeah, I don't have no idea. I was yeah, like, oh, this rock that. must be something that they talked about in the <laughs> previous forgot, movie, so. but I don't know what it means, so now I'm, I don't really care. And also, it, it's so lame that it's like uh, that she has to go ask her, her king elder – He's like, oh, well, you know, I, I love this dude. I'm going to go stay with him. He's like, no, you're not, because you don't even know what love is. And then later it's like, oh, I, I, I don't want this anymore. I know what love is. Like, okay, that sounds – or that feels really cheap. What's lame is that, like, the the second movie presented this Toriel character as someone that you'd want to get behind and that she was, you know, very proactive and, you know, a good fighter, let alone, you know, she was making up her own mind about a lot of things and whatnot. And this movie, like, reverses every single one of those aspects where she's, like, constantly a damsel in distress. She needs to be saved a bunch of times. She's not confident in the choices she's making, aside from, like, if Orlando Blooms gives her, like, gooey eyes or says, like, let's go this way. She's like, yeah, all right, that sounds cool. Like, it just, like, everything about Toriel that I liked in the first film seemed to be reversed this time around. Yeah, they don't yeah, give her anything stupid. Like, literally, almost every shot of her, she's wide-eyed and worried about something or crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is, yeah. A, which is a shame. Especially, and just to pull something out out of random, like, I watched the um, uh, Legend of Korra, and that had its, like, two-part season finale. Ooh, so we, spoilers, please. I'm not going to spoil anything, right. but I'm just going to say, as far as that, that series is so, like, it's such a pro-feminist series. It's amazing, like, how, what that what that Nickelodeon kid show is doing. That you know, blockbusters of today still aren't getting right. Like it's 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 ridiculous. This point. No, side this. side tangent. That's all. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say the setup at the end with Torio, like, and then finally trying to like save each other was just so like, uh, what is what is the word protracted or just so set up where it's just like you just knew everything was gonna happen this way, and I was like, it was there was no payoff with them at the end either. Yeah, I'm just I'm just so down on this love story now. I'm like, oh man, you guys and took I, all the wind out of me. Yeah, and and the way that Orlando Bloom's <laughs> character or the way that Legolas is there, just like, oh well, I guess I guess her heart really belonged to this dwarf. 
So I'm just going to go away because I'm not needed anywhere. And it's yeah, like, like, okay, yeah. by the way, go find Strider, Strider, Strider. Oh that was, I was so <laughs> annoyed at that scene. Like, that, that, that is the worst scene in the entire Hobbit trilogy. It's just, it's, it, oh my gosh, it's so stupid. Yeah. It's, <laughs> go to the north, the, the son of Arathorn, uh, uh, I believe he has, you know, a promising future. What is his name? Uh, it's, it's Strider, but you'll have to learn his real name. Like, Lee Pace might as well have looked at the camera and winked. <laughs> <laughs> that might have made it oh, better. Oh, so okay. stupid. Legolas is my favorite video game character of the year, by the way. Just the way he's bopping around all the time in this movie. It's, it's yeah, he's like, a, he's, that, like a, he's a meme where he just shows up in scenes. You're like, get the fuck out of here. That's, <laughs> that's, my second least favorite part of this movie is... That sequence with Legolas and that that crumbling tower, because there there's a part of it that could have been a cool Indiana Jones scene, but everything so conveniently happens because of what Legolas does and not just by accident. Like it would have been way yeah. better if the troll just happened to knock down the tower already, and then that fight took place on there. But Legolas swings down, kills the troll, forces him to knock down the tower just perfectly and aligned with the laws of physics so that it wedges in between the mountain. So that he can run across it and fight like it's a collapsing Mario bridge or something. And it's just... <laughs> yeah, they they use Lego lessons like the the physics define whatever. They're like, when we need something to be crazy shit happening, we'll use Lego lessons just to make an excuse because he's super lightweight as a thing to make work. It's, here's another uh, uh, here's a, here's another fun fun tangent. It reminded me of Premium Rush, where like Joseph Gordon-Levitt could just know what uh, would yeah. happen in various scenarios. I wish I could see Legolas vision and see him like working <laughs> these things out in his mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I shouldn't take this course of action because this one's better. Yeah. Let's move. Let's move on from these characters because they don't really factor. I mean, as no, much they as I mean, it's going to just sound like we're ranting on little things, and that's not what I'm oh, trying but, to do. But, but, oh, that's what that, I'm doing. That, that is the problem, though, is that you have all this time with these characters yeah. and not and not Bilbo. Like that's why it's a problem. I yeah, I agree. Um, but Bilbo has nothing to do in this movie. Except it's true. I mean, he's literally knocked out. So. <laughs> he's, um, Convenient. Yeah, like as soon as that happened, I was I was like, oh, good. <laughs> Let, let's get to other things though. Like for one thing, I mean, as much as there's not as much Bilbo as I would like in the movie called The Hobbit, Martin Freeman is very good in this movie. Like yeah, I do think absolutely. he's he's doing a fantastic yeah. job selling these little like these little these little facial tics, these little reactions, exactly. things that he's yeah. able to do as an actor because Martin Freeman he's good at those kind of things, but also just in terms of conveying who this character is. Like, I feel like I, as much as I would like to see more Bilbo, I certainly feel like I know who Bilbo is at this point. My lord, dispatch this force to Ravenhill. The dwarves are about to be overrun. Thorin must be warned. By all means, warn him. I've spent enough elvish blood in defense of this accursed land. No more. Thantrill! I'll go. Don't be ridiculous. You'll never make it. Why not? Because they will see you coming and kill you. No, they won't. They won't see me. It's out of the question. I won't allow it. I'm not asking you to allow it, Gandalf. Yeah, a lot of Fisher yeah. takes that you're talking about, I thought were really well played by Martin Freeman as well. There's one scene in particular that I remember, which is where he's going to go, or he he's going to go give the the uh, Arkenstone to uh, the king elf, and uh, the guy's like, "Hey, aren't you the guy that that stole my key and whatever else?" And he just very subtly, under his breath, just clenches his teeth and says, "Yes." And this is very uh, 
very well done there, Martin. Yeah, no, that that that, uh, that was a great scene. And then the scene where Thorin is like getting pissed once he uh, he tells him that he stole the Arkenstone and gave it to him. Like uh, all the reaction shots of Martin Freeman during that, like he he like you said those facial tics he has, like he has these little subtle reactions to like Thorin getting more and more angry and like what he's saying. Um, and it's yeah, it was he's he's great. He's great as Bilbo for sure. This this does remind me of getting to this point in the scene. Like before we get to the giant you know extended action finale. The <laughs> the way we get to this scenario where, like, all these armies arrive is the most frustrating kind of way possible, where everyone is basically a stubborn jerk. That is the only reason why things are happening, yeah. especially three people that are supposed to be leaders, and where you have, like, Thorin, yeah. who's, like, backing down on his word because why not, and you have, like, Luke, Luke, Leap, or Lee Pace coming in, and he's like, you owe me diamonds. <laughs> and, and, um... Girl's best friend. I mean, it's like, and every, they're arguing over nothing. Essentially, it's like it's so like irritating. And then like, well, I mean, not not to sound, uh, I don't know really what the word would be, but like, I mean, that's kind of how you know war really is today. I mean, it's, yeah. it's all stupid when it comes down to it. It's just like in and I I don't need to compare it to Lord of the Rings, but it's hard not to because it's you know War of the Rings and it's the same damn universe. But compared to the stakes there, where it's like, guys, the world's gonna end if we don't do something. This is just like. You owe me money, dude. Like that's the that's the plot of the movie. Like, you, you owe, no take backs. Why, why does this need to be two and a half hours? You owe me money. Oh, okay, okay. Let's keep going then. Uh, like yeah. it's. There's a scene where uh, Thorin and Bard are having that conversation through the hole in the the, the stone oh, yeah, wall. Yeah. When Thorin. Oh, that like, was awesome. When he when he slowly like uh, scoots back like his profile, it made me think of the scene in Hot Fuzz. Uh, where the where the Andes like slowly yeah. slide out of yeah. and then slide back in, and then one of them slides back in. Yeah. <laughs> like I hope someone makes a gif with the Andes in the little saddle, <laughs> and because I want to see that really bad. Andes. I like that scene though. I I like that. I, I like, like that scene. Too. I even I, I even like the 3D in that scene. I think there's a good perspective. Oh. There. But yeah. uh, how was the 48 frames per second? I hated it. I told you. Okay. <laughs> you watch in 3D as well? Yeah. All right. I, I watched it regular it. 2D. Yeah, Alex. No, I was gonna say that the the 48 frames, like they didn't, he didn't fix it at all. I thought, I thought my hope with the 48 frames is that he would learn over three years of complaints that perhaps they needed to do something to make it better, and that by this movie they would have learned that the effects need improvement and all of this needs to be perfect and seamless. But it doesn't sound like that's the case. <laughs> no, it just it looks oh. the same. Like even the even the damn Warner Brothers logo looks fake. And I know it's it obviously it is fake. But looking at it, it's just like, yep, I'm already back in right. this place. If I don't care <laughs> about this style, yeah, and, and I want to see it that way. I, I still want to. I still want to see it in 48 frames. I'll be honest. I'm, I, I, I want to see it, but not pay for it. I once again. I want. Yeah, yeah. I'm leaning yeah, I on. Would if I didn't movie again i yeah I'm, I'm leaning on the fact that i really hope james cameron knows what he's doing i i'm pants. i look so. forward to seeing there's a more explicit way to say that Abe, yeah how well, he said i it, know we're a family show i know but i i just i continue to look forward to what the avatar sequels will look like in this format because yeah. I, I i feel like he could at least try and do it better like i feel like yeah, he, he like sense. it's not like it's a mystery of what's happening like he should certainly like james cameron should be able to watch this movie and be like yeah, I can do this differently. I can probably do like, like, that's, yeah. that's the only reaction I have. I'm James Cameron. Um, that's literally what he said to himself. I was thankful that this was the shortest of the series. You know, like, at least 15 minutes shorter than the other movies. That made me happy. Although I know there's, like, 30 minutes in the extended cut that's going to add to it. But I'm not going to watch that, so who cares? 
Um, well, no, hey, I'll, I'll defend Aaron. I, I, the only thing I thought watching this movie is that I wish I could have seen the extended version, which I know is ridiculous exact for exactly what you said, because why would I want to watch more? But at the same time, I kept thinking, like, maybe the reason some of these characters aren't as fleshed out is because he had to trim down so much. And for whatever reason, instead of Return of the King, where he just sort of, like, kept putting more in and went over three hours, he was like, ah, fine, I'll actually just chop it down to, like, 2.45 and make people happy. And see then it. keep the rest for the extended. So I I'm curious to see, like, oh, is there a scene or two where it's actually like, oh, this is a great scene. Why did you cut this, Peter Jackson? I, I can agree with the like, con- I can agree with the concept of that and that being possible, but at the same time, I just don't know what I could possibly see that will make this work. Like, I'd be I surprised. Agree with Alex, because <laughs> I've, I've seen the extended Lord of the Rings uh, cuts, and they make a lot more sense. They 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 send, they they add a lot more meat to the storyline, especially with like Sam and Frodo in the first one. Um, where everyone thinks that they're gay, it's like, oh no, Sam clearly loves this rosy girl. But it, it just it, it added a lot more, and I thought that the I'd be curious to see if this one does add some more as well. See, with the extended for Lord of the Rings, the only one I really like is Two Towers. I feel like that's the only one that gets a substantial uptick in terms of like quality of film based on the extended version of it. Fellowship's just oh, it's yeah. longer now. Return's just oh, it's longer now. That's the impression mm-hmm. I get from those movies. Well, I hot... felt like there were just a few scenes cut out. Like there were a few moments where it's like, oh, there was almost a beat missing, and I'm like, oh, we, could, we didn't really need it. But at the same time, I was like, almost thinking, hey, this would have helped flesh out a certain moment better, and not have just made it annoying. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm willing to like humor the idea that there's possibly better version of this movie. <laughs> but like, I don't like if, if it goes from three stars to three and a half stars. Like, do I care? Like, that's where I'm at. Like, it's not going to be... That's, that's a good point, though. That's a good point. I, 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 I can't gonna disagree It's going to make the movie that much better, especially because I doubt much of the extended scenes are going to have more Bilbo in them, which is yeah. the biggest yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you guys also... What if like, it's, like, 30 minutes of Bilbo? That would be great if it was, like, 30 minutes of Bilbo. Especially just him, like, just relaxing and having some tea or something. Uh, but did you guys get confused by the number of like armies that there were and which direction they were coming from? Oh, I didn't get confused. I just oh, realized yeah, there's only absolutely. four. There's only four armies. That's that's what I realized. That's what I was thinking too, right? Yeah. Unless you're counting like again the eagles or something. Don't get. Well, we'll, we'll, count... so let's, we'll table the eagles for now, Abe. Because right. oh my god, eagles. I know. I, I was <laughs> when I saw that scene. I was like, Aaron's gonna have a huge problem with this. I am. I did. <laughs> don't, don't don't even. We don't need to go there yet. But, but yeah. I mean, there were, there were like. These two orc armies, that, which I didn't know. Well, just in terms of which direction they're coming from, I had no idea and whether they're on the same team or whether they counted as two different armies or whatever yes, else. They had two different fronts, basically, just in the yeah. same basic region. Like, the dwarf and then the elf army and then man, man which is just a bunch of man. You know, makeshift like, whatever else. Be- yeah, homeless yeah, yeah. town folk, including and that's women. it. That's, that's four armies. Yeah. They're supposed to be, I guess, goblins, but we see them for like half a second. Oh, like, well, there was only a hundred of them, and two people could kill all of them. Yeah, two people killed all of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we'll get this, guys, and then that's, that was the end of the Goblin Army. So there's only four armies. Okay, no, that is army. that is five armies. You, you I didn't see them. The, I, I saw the I, I, one. I saw, one. I saw I saw three stuntmen get killed, and then that that was that was the <laughs> army. <laughs> yeah, Billy, I was, you never you never once saw Billy Connolly. I was uh, super confused by the layout of the battle, though. Like I was like I was like, wait a minute, where are they coming from? And like, wait, where's uh, where's Erebor? No, that's not it. <laughs> Well, I think he tried to trick us because the, the the actual battles took place like right in front of the mountain, which was a small area, and yet everyone was thinking like, oh, uh, the, at the end of Return of the King, they had such a vast field of battles, which went from like the the field to Mount Doom, 
And he, they, like, tried to trick us into think there was more going on, and he would, like, cut to coming over this hill, even yeah. though you're in the same fucking valley you've been in the whole time. It could have been. And one of the problems right. that I had, too, which is, you know, you're, uh, you brought up the Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Again, I've seen all this before, so I'm not incredibly yeah. wowed by it. And especially in The Two Towers, there's, like, this 40-minute-long battle scene. The siege, yeah. That was pretty cool. And, you know, watching this battle scene, it's... Again, I, I'm not that impressed by it. I didn't think that it was, well, I couldn't really tell who was coming from where. Also, those dwarves had a huge advantage over the, the elves in the first round because they're on a higher ground. It's like, it probably would have been easy to take them all out. But, yeah, I just, uh, it was it a yeah, mess the, to some degree. The sequences in Lord of the Rings were so much more impressive. Like, the Battle of Helm's Deep is One incredible. The, yeah. Like, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just a, an amazing, strong sequence. And, like, this, there were only, like, two moments where they were cool. Like, I thought it was really cool uh, when the elves jumped over the dwarf army. Um, I mean, any time the elves were moving in formation was, like, just impressive as hell, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I, I actually enjoyed when Billy Connolly showed up as Thorin's brother or cousin, whoever Does he was. It. He made it so much more fun. Um, but they didn't, <laughs> like, it, like it, it was, yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's a mess. <laughs> yeah. They had, like tremors came out at some point and like tremors did come out. Why, why didn't why didn't the tremors continue to just like knock everybody out? Because those things apparently are gigantic. Yeah. I remember who was it? He showed like Gandalf's face or so someone's face, and they were like, "Oh shit!" There's, and then there's I was tremors. Like, yeah, I kept thinking to myself. I was like, I was like, "Oh, this is it. The whole the, everyone's dead. These things That's just what I was like, like, like they yeah. could just they could drill under the foundation and ruin yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> I take all the gold. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't have to fight them. Did they only pay the tremors like for a certain amount of time? <laughs> it, was, it was all the money that they had in their wallet. The cat fair was too much, so they had that, to stop. Because as we know, tremors and dragons only, they just they collect money for all that money they need. <laughs> Constantly uh, using it. And we we uh, uh, yeah, I mean there was some joking about this earlier, but uh, the again with the fucking eagles. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> It, it was yeah. just it was like eagles and plus like bear guy was there like bear dude came bear down. Guy was cool though. <laughs> he just I totally forgot that there was bear guy until he dropped from the sky and just started knocking fools out. It was just uh, like yeah. eagles. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought about that. and I was like, wait a minute. Why couldn't they just send the? I e- I just uh, I it was like Peter Jackson was like pot- prodding me at the same time. Yeah, no, it's, it's like fine. You know, you you got a problem with the Eagles here. They're gonna save the day again. Yeah, Where were they again. The- I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, that's what I don't. That to me, that's the ultimate question. I'm like, th- doesn't he realize this? Doesn't he watch the movies himself and say, "Man, we have the Eagles again." Is he not thinking that to himself? <laughs> Or is it just, is he trying to say so true to the book that he has to include the freaking eagles? I don't understand. Why? He's trying to stay true, I guess. What do you guys, what do you guys think of uh, Richard Armitage as Thorin Oakenshield? I really, I like I, it. I really like the performance, yeah. I mean, I wish the character was a little, uh, less two-dimensional, but I like his performance. Like, it's, uh, when you take this performance and put it alongside, like, Into the Storm, I can't even tell it's the same actor. Like I'm like, that's amazing <laughs> that he can do be Thorn because you are terrible in this in Into the Storm. <laughs> <laughs> I have to, you know, I was thinking that I probably have to atone for whatever I said in three podcasts ago, you yep. know, three years ago. But but basically, I I think I had always predicted that Richard Armitage would be like the new Aragorn style. Like everyone would know him from this point forward once he reaches Return of the King end of his movie. And it's not really that case, except it kind of is. Like, we all know his name, but as Ethan said, like, he's he gives such a two-dimensional, like, he, that's his character is so weak, there's not enough for everyone to jump on it. 
But at the same time, like, I, I do admire him. I'm now like, oh, okay, I want to see where this guy's going. Like, he did a great job. Like, good job. Well, <laughs> Even they... All the dwarves I actually thought were pretty good. Because, like, half of them under under 50 pounds of makeup and uh, costume and are actually doing a pretty good job of, like, being themselves. I, like, the who's the old dude? I always wanted to hear more from him. Bolin. Bolin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bolin. But you actually remember their names? <laughs> well, no, because Bolin is, like, it's, um... Well, because he's the old one. He's the one that I try to pay attention to. He's not the guy with like holding the thing to his ear all the time. Is well, it? it's like it's his no, tomb. No. It, it's, <laughs> no, it's 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 his tomb in the Fellowship movie. It's Balin's tomb. Like he's. Uh... Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> We're all hair. Like yeah, hair right putting things together. Because <laughs> so, like Gimli's all sad about it. I care about Gimli. Oh. <laughs> so... Well, there wasn't there an allusion to Gimli too at some point in the in second the one, yeah. Movie. Oh, in the, in the second one, in the yeah. second one, he's like, "It's my cousin Gimli." Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, "Wow, he's so <laughs> ugly." Yeah. Yeah. No. I, yes. Oh, good. Good job, Aaron. Yeah, I made that one connection. No, I like him, but he—he he also he didn't get enough time in this movie either. Like he showed up a couple times, said a few things, and then by the end, that—that that was the other thing is I had hoped in the first one, I had hoped that the dwarves would be fleshed out individually by the time we got to this movie, that we would like feel bad for them or just like care about them. It almost but feels similar to Bilbo, you don't get enough time with them. Well, yeah, because we had to spend a lot more time with that like that random comic relief Alfred character. We needed oh, that. God, I hate yeah, it. We, yeah. we needed all that. That's what um, we needed. It That's almost feels as though like Peter Jackson was doing screen tests about which which dwarves you know produce the most uh empathy from the audience he's like let's just focus on these four now because i forgot about the other guys honestly i was like what wasn't one of these guys like huge comic relief at one point and uh, well the ear guy never did anything the rest of the whole two movies i think the, the really was, round guy i was, was like he was just listening the whole time <laughs> he's just listening. Yeah. he couldn't hear he's like beethoven he's a genius but he just needs to hear with the with the he armitage with the with the with the Armitage point, with the Thorin point, I think it's because you have both Thorin and you have the Keeley character, and that's basically Aragorn divided into two, but less compelling. And so it doesn't give Thorin a chance beyond like, hey, redemption moments at the end here to really kind of cement his status as yeah. like a guy you really want to root for all the time in the same way you want to root for Aragorn all the time. I uh, how you know when he's going to go out into this battle, he just drops all of his armor. He's like, guys, sorry, I'm going to go into charge now. It's like. Wait a minute! You probably were safer with all that armor on. I'm impressed and... that yeah, they, they put it on. They didn't fight with it, and they took it off. I, I'm impressed <laughs> that like an army of like an army of dwarves couldn't do it. Like could barely hold off orcs, but because Thorin and you know like his gang of like they've yes. got a king's the the king has given them much more hope. I'm glad they were able to back that hope right away after like sit him sitting it out for the whole time. It's like for, oh he's here hours. now. Yeah, yeah, I know for <laughs> hours of battle they must have been like let's do it. Anyhow, <laughs> oh so. Uh... Another sequence I wasn't really a fan of is um, where uh, Galadriel and Gandalf have to fight the uh, tube TV poltergeist versions of the Ring Wraiths. Oh, that was, I love, that was <laughs> like my, cool. I like that was my Gauntlet Legend scene. I like that scene. <laughs> uh, no, no, uh, no, no, no. Of, no. All, of all the video game scenes in this <laughs> movie, that was no. my favorite. Of all yeah, my video... you play the video game without playing it. Come yeah, on. Of all the video game yeah, scenes yeah, in this movie. Yeah, yeah, seriously, it was it was a video game sequence, and then like. Uh, <laughs> the, the there's there's so many things where like I I felt like they just should have kept breaking the fourth wall throughout the movie where Gladiator just could have looked at the screen and been like ladies and gentlemen Hugo weaving and it just like <laughs> runs in <laughs> and then it cuts a bunch of dwarfs just clapping and eating popcorn <laughs> yeah no I wish I wish Christopher Lee and Hugo weaving would be like saying word like pow bam that double actually, kill if they went with that kind of campiness to this movie I would be like yes let's do it that would be great yeah. 
I'm just glad those two and finally like, got so some action. At the end, he's like, I'll deal with Sauron. He just looks at the screen and goes, shh. <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying is we should riff tracks this movie. No, yeah, we're going to have to watch two and a half hours again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate you. You mentioned him, but the little wormy dude. What's his yeah, name Alfred. again? Yeah. Oh my god, I could not stand. I couldn't, I couldn't, I just wanted him to die. And yet he was one of those characters you want to die, but for whatever the reason, they torture you by never letting him die the whole movie. Or seeing his demise. Keeps... Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a. There's no comeuppance to this character. He just like. Right, yeah, there's no, he just, he's allowed to leave. And you don't, I thought that he was going to get crushed by something. Yeah. He gets like he gets forgiven, and you're like, no, he doesn't deserve this. To let him go, like they, they, they smash him. Stephen Fry. Why leave another character alive? Right. <laughs> exactly. Why not just give us more Stephen Fry? I'd like that. At least the Stephen Fry. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I like Stephen Fry much more. But along that same thing, was there more that Man was supposed to be doing? Because I feel as though Man was like the weakest component to this. Um, Bard was there, sure, and he was being a badass to some degree, but I was like, this is kind of over-the-top badassery. I think, if anything, man had so much to do in Lord of the Rings that you don't really need much more of that, so okay. it's like, let's 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 focus on other things here, like a one-on-one yeah. battle between Dwarf and, you know, God of War guy. Yeah, seriously. And pretending to be dead under freezing water. And... He had some moves. It was a good battle. <laughs> they really went for it. Moves like Jagger. Anything else on this movie before you get to a rating and move on? It's it's like what little there is to discuss is so not worth it. I mean, I, I had a better time discussing this <laughs> you guys than sitting there in the theater. It's just like, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of funny stuff could have happened. Yeah, That's the I really was, sad part. Yeah, is, I was just exhausted by the end of it. <laughs> Yeah, here is my here's my other qualm with the series. Like I remember the Hobbit because I haven't read the Hobbit or any of these any of Tolkien's novels. But what I recall is that the Hobbit's supposed to be like lighter and fun. Right. Yeah. And this movie's so damn bloodthirsty. Like there's like there's a part where what's his name where Lee Pace like cuts off like four heads at the same time. It's like what is this movie that I'm watching? Like what what kids was like? Yeah, we're seeing the Hobbit. All about those songs and the singing with the dwarves and they're having fun. They're all bumping around. What's this movie where like just like eighty seven people died in one scene and <laughs> there's heads yeah. flying off and there's all this nonsense with a lot of a lot of beating blood. up yeah and I get no, that it really it's, it really is too long uh, too too one book too long I, and I I get that it's you know trying to be in line with the Lord of the Rings series but at the same time it's like one's enough enough <laughs> right yeah. it's not a good Hobbit movie but it it's an okay Middle Earth movie yeah oh that's so a good way to frame it. Which it, and then it makes me so sad that we didn't have a good Hobbit like com- completion. Because you know that was the sad thing is that at the end of Lord of the Rings, everyone's like, "Yeah, one day we'll see the Hobbit." Yet here we are at the end of seeing the Hobbit, and no one is happy with what we have. And it's unfortunate because it was a great story, or it is a great story in book form, but just told in this elaborate, elongated way, it's not good. It's not. It like didn't turn out good, unfortunately. Anyway, yeah. Well, I still, I still look forward to James Bombadil in The Hobbit Who Loved Me, and so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> oh, God. We will see that, I'm sure. Yeah. All right, let's 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 move on now. Let's get to our rating. Let's uh let's rate the film. Each week we rate films based on when people should go and see these movies. And with that in mind, <laughs> Ethan, where would you where would you say people should see The Hobbit? Uh, you know, I'm I, if you like Lord of the Rings and you like, you know, you saw the first two movies like, you know, Go go ahead and see it in theaters, but like just just put your expectations in your pocket and keep them there. Um, but like you know, if you're not if you're not like you know, 
excited for it or anything like that, you can just wait until it comes out on Blu-ray or, or even Netflix because it's you're you're not really missing much. Alex? Yeah, I'm kind of on that level. Like, on one hand, I want to say see it in theaters just because it's a movie to see in theaters, because it is a, a Peter Jackson creation. But on the other hand, it's so mediocre that, like, unless you are a diehard Middle Earth person, there's no to see it in theaters. So. <laughs> is Peter Jackson at your apartment? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, he's in here. He's on the door. In. Yeah. All right, no, I won't even try next time. <laughs> I used to like Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry. Leave me alone. No, uh, I see. Yeah, that's the, and that's the uh, that's what like the sad conclusion I've come to recently writing about the Hobbit is. I'm like, man, it's so sad to have been on such a high with Lord of the Rings to end on such a low now with with the Hobbit. Damn you, Peter Jackson! You better <laughs> redeem yourself with some good movie later in whatever you do next. Hey, I'd say really just premium cable like HBO or something. Not even on Netflix. Yeah, Lovely Bones 2, I think, is what I'm looking forward to next from Peter Jackson, so we'll see how that works out. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with what Ethan was saying. Basically, if you're a fan of these movies and you want to see you know, how it wraps up, go see it in theaters, not in 48 frames per second. Um, and if you you know have been okay or less on these Hobbit movies, this one's not really going to change your opinion on it, I don't think, so you know, wait on it. Um, so yeah, that's The Hobbit. Cool in the Battle of Five Armies. Let's move on now to a little movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. Uh, this is where we mention a few films I might have thought of during or after said feature of the week. With that in mind, Abe, any uh, callbacks? I honestly was so bored. I was like, I don't want to do a callback for this movie. Thanks, Abe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ethan, any uh, uh, well, I, mentioned, I, mean, no, I mentioned during, like, talking about that stupid Legolas sequence that uh, the, it reminded me of Indiana Jones-esque sequences, like the, the rope bridge scene in Temple of Doom. Uh, you know, I mean, any, almost any action sequence in the original Indiana Jones trilogy um, which was always a cool thing about Legolas, but it just they just take it to a, a stupid level. Um, so yeah, go go watch the Indiana Jones movies again. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, any other movies? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, this is so obvious, but but there's a good point to discuss around it. is the Lord of the Rings, but in the sense of what we talked about, reminded me how good of a director Peter Jackson can be, <laughs> especially with action sequences. Like he pulled off some great action sequences in those movies, and he's capable of more of that. Um. I guess I just hope that he gets into more. So I, I don't know. Any old Peter Jackson work is good, like Frighteners, and um, he's a yeah, good director. And someone else also reminded me recently that we haven't seen the next Tintin sequel, and the first oh. Tintin was good too. Yep, uh, Abe and I are it was. Fans. It wasn't amazing, but it was good. But it was like, oh yeah, when do we see that? <laughs> Abe and I are big fans of the Tintin. I'm a so fan. Yeah, I've watched it a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it used to be on Netflix a lot, and I just would watch it, I'd be like, oh, well, I'm going to watch this this weekend. Like, if I was a kid, that'd be my favorite movie, easily. <laughs> yeah. Like, when it came out, if I was a kid. Um, you would be in? It pro- it'd probably be up there. I'd probably watch it all the time. Um, that in mind, um, I would use any Peter Jackson excuse to remind people that I really love his King Kong, and I did love that movie, and I thought of it during this one. Um, also, a Titanic and of mine, Lord of the Rings, Troy, um, in terms of like, hey, this is long, but is it worth it? Um, <laughs> you know what? You know what movie I thought was Troy it was Exodus. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I mean, like, everyone's gonna forget about it, but it was this big waste of epic money. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. All right. Continue. That's, I didn't mean to interrupt. That's it. That's what we call that.
Call back, call back, call back. Let's uh, move on now to our sponsor. Each week, each week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook. Download it at audibletrial.com. So chat now podcast. There are over hundreds of thousands of titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any kind of MP3 device. Uh, this week, we, we have The Hobbit. So you could probably find The Hobbit or any of Tolkien's films, films, Tolkien's books <laughs> yeah. in an audiobook form. And, you know, check it out. Sure, they're, sure they're well narrated. Uh, but, yeah, you can do that. You can download any any book that you find there for free by going to audibletrial.com. So chat now podcast. Download a book for free. You can get a free 30-day trial. If you don't like the service, you can get rid of it. But if you you still get to keep the book for free. So with all that said, be a winner. Read or listen. Yay. AudibleTrial.com. So shout out podcast. All right, let's move on now. Let's get to out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over some of the various questions and answers that we received on our Facebook page, facebook.com. So shout out podcast, where we asked a number of questions and you guys gave us answers. And we also got some questions that we will answer as well. Indeed. So the first question we asked you guys was, The Hobbit trilogy comes to a close this week. Who is your favorite character in this franchise? Philip writes, Ev- er, Ev- Evangeline Lilly's elf character. Yeah, I said it. I don't I don't know how that'd be so far out of the realm of he imagination. He doesn't even know her name. Tariel. <laughs> Tariel. We got your back. No, I know, but it sounds like he's like, he's like I, the, the elf woman. I love her so much. <laughs> we got your back, Philip. Don't worry. Jason writes, young Bilbo. Young Bilbo meaning like Martin Freeman or like baby Bilbo, which we've never seen. I can't wait for Muppet Baby Bilbo. <laughs> Gandalf is just a pair of legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Justin writes, I am not even sure anymore, which I feel that way too. Um, our next question is, if Bilbo Baggins asked you to go on an adventure with him, how would you react? Uh, Michael has, do I need to have insurance? That's a Fargo joke. Um... <laughs> Jake Man has, if you need insurance, Michael Lee, there's this guy, Lester Nygaard, you should speak to him. Or, or Fargo Fun. <laughs> Fargo's great, by the way. I don't know if you guys have watched the Fargo FX series of Fargo. It is haven't yet. Uh, I have not gotten around to it, but I, I've been intending to. I just I haven't gotten around to it. I've heard nothing but great things. Uh, you know what it'd be? I mean, yes. it's, it's winter right now, 10 episodes. Be a great movie, a great TV series to binge on at this time of year. Put on a parka, get a gun, and watch There you it. go. <laughs> You betcha. That'll make more sense when you see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would, yeah. Manish has Bilbo. Not sure. Martin Freeman? Totally. Uh, Todd has, so long as you pack plenty of food, Bilbo, I'm in. April has, I don't know what I would sign up for to go on an adventure with Bilbo, but if Gandalf asks, that's a completely different story. Jason also says, I don't think Bilbo would do that. Gandalf would do it to keep your facts straight, Aaron and Abe. Sorry? Yeah. Well, Abe, I think you had a follow-up question to this. And then we asked, if Gandalf asked you to go on an adventure with him, how would you react? Philip writes, uh, once I stopped shouting yes, I'd pick up an AR-15 with a few hundred rounds of extra ammo, uh, couple cases of MREs, a uh, healthy supply of Sterno, and a and plenty of instant coffee and hot cocoa. So Philip's ready, man. Wait, you don't, you don't think Gandalf is going to provide this already? <laughs> no, he only provides, like, wisdom and weed. <laughs> <laughs> Jason writes, I would all, or I would go. I'm always up for an adventure. Adam writes, the answer would be no. <laughs> uh, Shelly writes, definitely. I'd, uh, I'd up my life insurance coverage first. April writes, the answer would be yes. And Willie Joe writes, 500 per hour. And then maybe think about it. <laughs> Our next question is, if you were locked in a magical museum at night, what is the exhibit you would avoid and what is the exhibit you would love? Manish has, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near a charging mastodon, but would drink wine with some Romans. Philip has, I'd avoid the Tsavo man-eaters from the Ghost in the Darkness and have fun chatting with Benedict Timothy Carlton Cumberbatch's wax sculpture. <laughs> nice. Now we have the questions you guys asked us, and also uh, Ethan and Alex, feel free to answer. What 
or Jordan asks this, what movie was surprisingly stuck in your head over the course of the year? A movie that you, uh, a movie that at first you somewhat enjoyed, but now you've really grown attached to it as time has passed. Hmm. That's a good, good question. I'm curious what you guys have to say. I mean, over the course of the year, I, I kind of shout out Boyhood, um, even though it was really good when I saw it, but I was trying to think of a movie that was kind of just lukewarm and I've really grown to like, uh, which I couldn't really think of offhand. That's that's more of what I was trying to think of with this question, because, yeah, there's obvious ones that yeah. I've praised heavily throughout the year and even in just recent weeks. Uh, but in terms of like movies that have grown on me, um, Under the Skin is one that's really grown on me um, with Scarlett Johansson, which I see pop up on a lot of top ten lists and a lot of very high in top ten lists. Um, also, um, um, Enemy, where I wasn't even lukewarm on that uh, movie. Jake I wasn't lukewarm on that movie at all, really, but it's one that certainly stuck um, stuck with me. There's another movie as well where it might make my top ten, but I'm not quite sure yet, but I don't want to say it now because I want to preserve a level of surprise when we actually do our top ten episode. Oh. Uh, I mean, one that I've just been championing ever since I saw it, and I'm glad that it's like stuck around in people's minds long enough to be like in awards consideration, hopefully, and like making a lot of top ten lists is Whiplash, which I saw at Sundance back, all the way back in January. Uh, and it's really great to just see the film sort of be accepted and blossom and get so much acclaim because uh, it's 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 I liked it a lot when I first saw it and then I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it throughout the festival and throughout the year and it's just it's it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. What about you, Alex? Any movies? Uh, yeah, well, mine was Whiplash, <laughs> but um, I actually I said well, no, I, I also saw it again in in so much that uh, seeing it again after Sundance, like what is it, twelve months ago now, it still is just as good. It's like just as intense that the once you see it the like final sequence is awesome. So I'm trying to think of anything else that isn't that that it was like lukewarm on, but it's kinda hard. Yeah. <laughs> Without cause some of them I don't know, some of them I was already pretty good on and have just grown on it and some of them have done the opposite. Like Interstellar won't make my top ten even though I really like it. Which is interesting. Hmm. Sorry to drop that bomb in, but Oh well you're grabbing knowledge bombs all the time. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's a good question. Whiplash, I think, is the good It's one. a good question. It's one that I can certainly reflect on more when we do our top ten episode, eight. But, yeah, it's yeah. A, uh, certainly a lot of movies that I've I've been thinking about, which is why they'll be in my top ten. Um, yeah. Manish asks, is there a musical group you'd want to score a movie like Arcade Fire in Her? It's a good question. And um, I thought about this uh, – I really liked Daft Punk in uh, Tron, Legacy. Tron Legacy. I would be curious if they would do another one. But then I thought, oh, you know, it'd be really fun if Weezer scored <laughs> some some movie too. Uh, I think it would be kind of cool to have uh, Cinematic Orchestra do a score for like some kind of indie movie. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's not bad. Anything I can't think of one offhand. Like I, it, it, it's more of like it comes up and I was like, oh, that's cool, and then it happens. Like, oh, that was cool. Lonely Island. Well, they, like if they scored some Andy's like like Andy Samberg's own movie, Hot Rod Part Two, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Hot I Rod think. Uh, I mean, they wrote they I wrote mean, one of the best songs of the year with "Everything Is Awesome." So I mean, they yeah. They, yeah. Uh, I would like to hear Jack White do something other than the Lone Ranger. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Mm. Uh, Philip asks, "What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite film that you saw this year that was not released in 2014?" See, like I feel like King Kong versus Godzilla. I feel like uh, like Alex saying Twelve Angry Men. That's like an amazing film to see. Like in this year that wasn't released this year. <laughs> I was gonna say, is that what is it? But like I'd never seen before until that's this a, year. Is that that's a way to put it. Well, just what's your favorite film that you saw this year and was not released in 2014? But I think that you've never seen would be a good way to go on that one. 
Uh, I saw. I mean, uh, I, saw, I never. I've never saw. I never seen a William Friedkin Sorcerer before this year, and that came out on Blu-ray and was pretty was pretty terrific. I was very happy to, to see that film. Uh, to answer, uh, well, I guess to answer the question, I guess more true to the real question first is uh, I saw Infinitely Polar Bear at Sundance, and that hasn't been released yet. But that's a movie with a great Mark Ruffalo performance. Uh, I'm really yes. surprised that it actually didn't get this year, and he didn't because he would have been. Uh, definitely in the running for a Best Actor nomination, I think. So I'm not sure why it's being held on to. Um, you got, you but, got that Foxcatcher yeah. train. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to shout out uh, About Time, because that's a movie that Aaron and I have really taken a long time to, to finally get around to watching. Uh, it may not be, like, the mm. most uh, most favorite, but it was a movie that was not released in 2014 that I had watched in 2014. And I did, I did enjoy it. Uh, I actually uh, didn't see it last year either, and I watched it this year, and I love that movie. I've, I've like wa- watched it several times when it's been on HBO. Boom. It's really good. Film. So there we are. About time. Best best <laughs> film of 2014, not released in 2014. <laughs> Consensus. Um, we just got a late in the game question here, but it's perfect because it is actually Samuel L. Jackson's birthday on the day that we're recording this. He's as what? I mentioned off record. He's 66 years young. Um, and April is asked us, "What's the best Samuel L. Jackson movie mm. ever?" Yeah, see this. this so this is a question. fun question. So I like because there's two ways to take it. There's best Samuel L. Jackson movie, and there's best you know Samuel L. Jackson performance. Um, as far as movie goes, I I look at Pulp Fiction or Jackie Brown. I mean, because they're both two of my favorite movies ever. So I mean, by default, that kind of makes them my my my, uh, my yeah. best picks. As far as like best like in terms of like favorite or like like best performance out of Samuel L. Jackson in a movie, I'd still probably lean towards those two films. But I also think he's really strong and Unbreakable. I think he's very. Yeah. I, I think he's very strong in, um, of all things, changing lanes. Actually, I think that's a. Yeah, no, he's I really. Think, good I, I think he's, a, he's very good in that movie, um, as yeah. far as you know, Samuel L. Jackson like acting, uh, not just kind of like raging like Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, I love Unbreakable. I should also mention uh, he's in Sphere, right? Yes. <laughs> that, is, that, that is a movie that exists. You're right. <laughs> I love Sphere. No, Sphere is great. Sphere is such a good movie. We're talking about the same sphere, right? The, the Barry Levinson sphere movie? <laughs> you don't like sphere? No one likes sphere. You're the first person I've ever heard that's liked sphere. <laughs> uh, I will so defend that movie sphere? to every degree. Yeah, I also yeah. remember him a long time ago in, a, in uh, The Longest Good Night. He was kind of funny in that movie, so. Longest Good Night's solid. Yeah. Uh, aside from the obvious Tarantino picks, which are definitely always top notch, uh, I think my. Uh, favorite Sam Jackson movie is The Negotiator. That's ah. the Negotiator's movie where like anytime it's on, I'll watch it. Like if it's on TV, it's like yeah, all right, let's do this. Like, let's watch yeah. the, Negotiator. the Negotiator. The Negotiator is seriously one of my favorite like hostage action thrillers. I, I think Samuel Jackson and Kevin Spacey being on opposite ends is, is great. I mean they're they're both awesome in it, and yeah, I, I love that movie. It was a good movie. So, Man, now I want to watch. I it. like his like weird obscure ones that he was doing like in the kind of 90s and like early 2000s like the red violin and the caveman's valentine like oh like, yeah, that's, yeah like he's they, there's like they're like weird performances but he's solid in them caveman valentine that that has a spooky poster it does but... yeah no yeah i certainly like jackson i mean sphere aside obviously but i mean it's uh... <laughs> <laughs> why you gotta crush this hey, man yeah i mean yeah. Don't tell him what to like. I'm not telling him what to like. I'm telling him that <laughs> exactly. I hate Sphere. Sphere, which has apparently a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. <laughs> what? It could have been 11. <laughs> could have been 11. You're right. <laughs> um, 
But no, happy birthday, Samuel L. Jackson. Certainly an actor I like to see. Happy birthday, sir. You know, hold on to your butts because there's sharks coming. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I love Deep Blue Sea, too. Thanks. Yeah. Deep Blue Sea, solid. Apparently, I like all the terrible Samuel Jackson movies. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm sure you love Basic and um, 187 and... <laughs> 187. 1408. 1408. <laughs> the Man. The Man. There we go. 1408's not bad. I like 1408. He's, he's barely, he's like in it for like five minutes, even though he's like heavily promoted on the poster. Yeah. Old boy, the remake. Oh boy. Old boy. You're making a big mistake. Robocop. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of he's decent in Robocop. Yeah, he actually was the, my favorite part of the Robocop. He's, he's, the, he's the best part yeah. of Robocop. Yeah, he's just like shouting and being mean and bringing up all these right-wing points. The spirit. Oh boy. The spirit. <laughs> I have actually seen the Kingsman movie. He's he's actually really good. Oh, you've seen Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm curious to see what that one's all about, too. Yeah. About. Yeah, like I, read the comic book. Yeah. I read the comic yeah. book, so I kind of know what's happening, but I, I'd be curious to see what the, the final production looks like. Oh, that's good. He's yeah. great in it. Well, you would be talking about him if it was out already. Which <laughs> it was supposed to be, and then they delayed it because of North Korea. Oh. Remember those, uh, those Triple X movies? Remember. Was he, was he somebody's boss in the <laughs> he was like He was the Nick Fury of the Triple X universe as well. Ah, okay. But he has, well, I remember the trailer, because I never, the second one, it's like, whatever, but I remember the trailer for it was like, the new Triple X has to be bigger and better than the last one. Like, he literally says something like that in the movie. Yeah. It's like, that's a line he had. And they had Ice Cubes. Oh, yeah. He's, he was bigger. The real classic Snakes on a Plane. Snakes on a Plane, yeah. He's pretty he's tired. He's pretty decent in there. He's tired. <laughs> All right. All right. Moving on. Let's, uh, Abe, what, um, Oh, Aaron, you gotta, whoa, wait, hold the phone. Oh, hold what? it. What time is it, Abe? What, uh, I think, hold it, what? I think that it's time for some, uh, time for some games? That was beautiful. That was, that was like, you know, something at a Lothlorien. I had five different armies train me on that one. You gave me a Vietnam flashback to watch Peter Pan live, <laughs> Allison Williams, is that you? That was, of course, the improv theme for games. And, uh, Abe, I believe you have a game for us this week. I have a game for you guys. It's called Remember the Name. And in case you don't remember all the names of all the dwarves on this adventure, including <laughs> In case we don't, folks, because we clearly we, 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 we should, we probably do, but in case I have, we don't remember the names yes, of all the dwarves. I, I have a, a game here to help you remember all the names. Here we go. It's like an acrostic? Uh, basically, I'm just going to ask you guys a question that sort of relates to the name of the character, and that'll help you guys remember it. You know, it's almost like some sort of mnemonic device or something. Anyway, the first two questions are gimme's. Uh, always... As always, ring in with your name and then shout out the answer. Okay. Um, if you know the answer beforehand, just shout it I don't out. Like, I, I, I just, host the yeah. show every week with you, and I still don't even know what this game is. So let's do this, guys. I'm job I'm excited. <laughs> the main wizard in this movie is... Well, that's not it. Ethan. Ethan. It's, it's Gandalf the Grey. That's, that's correct. Yeah, pretty easy. It's a I thought it was a Dwarves exclusive, but okay. No, no, no including the other two members. Okay. All right. The main burglar in this movie is... Aaron. Aaron. Bill Bo Baggins. That is correct. <laughs> now it gets interesting. Oh, good. When you go to the gym to look like Arnold, you want to get blank. A- Aaron? Aaron? Uh, Thorin? <laughs> Not Thorin. You want to get stronger. You want to get bigger, which is you want to get anybody? Buffer. There's a one named Buffer? It's Bofer. Yeah, as you say, who's the buffer? It, it's Bofer, but I would have accepted Bofer. <laughs> okay. All right. That one goes to Abe. All right. Oh, next one. Bofer. The name of one of these Wilson brothers bears a similar resemblance to a dwarf, 
but I doubt this dwarf will ever appear in a Wes Anderson movie. Aaron? Aaron? Owen? That's correct! <laughs> What's the... Okay. The other one would just be Luke Wilson. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the next question. How would a private detective or Humphrey Bogart pronounce darling? Darling. Sorry. Who said that? That's that. Alex, right? <laughs> That's there you go, Alex. Yeah. Darling. 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 <laughs> All right. Go on, Abe. When the God of Thunder enters any place, he shouts in third person, blank in the... or blank the house. Oh, Ethan. Ethan. Thorin. Thor, there you go. <laughs> Thorin the house. All right, next one. James Jones had a rap song about living the good life, which can be described as... Aaron. Aaron. All in. That is correct. <laughs> when in this city, you should get one of these famous cheesesteak sandwiches. Ethan. Ethan. Feely. That's correct. <laughs> How does a person from Boston pronounce that a northeastern cold front is coming? How would they say northeastern? Aaron. Aaron? <laughs> Nine? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I mean, how how would they actually say just the term north northeastern? Like, well, you know, whenever you think of some stereotypical person from the east coast saying there's like a heavy snowstorm coming, it's like, oh, there's there's a a, a nor'easter. A nor'easter. That who said that? Yeah. <laughs> Is that yeah, Alex? That's <laughs> it's nori. <laughs> Well, I'm like, I'm like, where's the name Anor- of the... A nor'easter. Uh, uh, anyhow, nor'easter. a metric unit, unit of measurement is a kilogram, but instead of going by Aaron. kilo, this is Aaron. That's correct. I'm proud of every listener still sticking with this podcast <laughs> right now. <laughs> when you have two coats made of fur fox... When you have two coats made of foxes, you have two foxes. Instead of two, there's... Instead of try, there's... Twins? Bye. And foxes have fur. Bifur? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> the Enola Gay was this type of World War II plane. Bumber. Alex. That's correct. <laughs> was that Ethan? <laughs> Alex. Alex. Oh, Alex. Bumber, yeah. The first three letters in Orion are pronounced. Or Ori? That's correct. Wow. How many more of these are there? <laughs> Three. Oh my god. <laughs> Finding Nemo is getting a sequel called Finding Dory. That's correct. Was that Ethan? I don't does it matter. Yeah, I'm just trying to get out of this game. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> when the Punisher's guns are spent, the barrels are lit up, otherwise described as Glowin? That's well, correct. What is the name of the <laughs> Instead glowing, of show... right? Yeah. Last one. Instead of chauffeur, Bojack Horseman renamed his position. The position to match his name style, thus getting Horson. Instead of <laughs> chauffeur, he adds bow to it, making bow chauffeur. Bow. Bow chauffeur. Let's just say Aaron get, got that one. And the winner is all of you because you guys all stuck through. It. Oh boy! I'm not sure if that one. That was that was something. Now you know all of the names. Yeah, we, no. that's right. We do remember every name now because of that. That's true. Philly cheesesteaks? Let's move on. <laughs> let's never talk about this again. Uh, let's do a little I'm not presentable with now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, or streaming this week. And I'm uh, combining this week and next week because there's only so much. Right. Um, this week we have The Good Lie, which is a Reese Witherspoon movie that also came out this year. 
heard it was eight. Um, and I think I mentioned this last week, the trip to Italy, which apparently came out this week, uh, comes out this week on Blu-ray DVD or sure. It was great. And uh, I think it's hilarious. And uh, next week, uh, we have The Equalizer, which <laughs> I'm not a fan of. <laughs> and I keep hearing more about people saying, I really like that movie. And it's like, why? I don't understand. <laughs> Go see John Wick. And, uh, and Tusk. I heard that you guys didn't like that that much, or you didn't enjoy it that much. It's not Have you guys seen Tusk? I haven't seen Tusk. Yeah. I missed it. I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, have. I just felt sadder. <laughs> it's just, yeah, no, it's, I've, I've, I've discussed this actually in other places where it's like, everyone's like, that movie sucks. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, let's move on. <laughs> let's get to next week's show, which. It's gonna be a lot. It's gonna of be stuff. a lot of stuff, I'd imagine. Yeah, every year we kind of get to this point of the place where, with the holidays and with, all the different movies coming out, we don't really do traditional episodes. We just do kind of more one-shots for specific movies. So I'm sure we'll have one for Unbroken, for sure, um, Inherent Vice at some points, um, and, you know, many, many other movies coming out. So uh, Yeah, probably like snippets for American Sniper and stuff like that. So, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, there will be lots of content coming this, this uh, these holiday seasons. Be prepared. Be, be prepared, yeah. Be prepared. <laughs> exactly. See if if like Azog the Defiler sang a song like that in the middle of this movie, I would have loved Horde of the Ring or the Hobbit so much more. Yeah, we would have given a better rating. Come on, he really sang. It's all just like green glowing. He really yeah. sang his passion for why he's enlisting Tremors to help him destroy Thorin and his band of dwarves. I really would have enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, uh, with all that said, last question before we wrap up here: What should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next, uh, Ethan? What should people go and see in theaters uh... right now? What should people go see in theaters right now? Um, if Top 5 is playing near you, I would go see that. If you like, uh, just to like have some laughs, a movie that has just really good writing and a lot of fun uh, supporting stars and cameos, I would definitely go out of my way to see that. Um, and if Whiplash is still in theaters, uh, try that if you can. Um and yeah, I think that's yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much all. What I'll and, w- and what do you plan to see next? Uh, what do I plan to see next? Um, probably probably Unbroken. Just to, uh, I, I'm not like excited about it, but I want to see it. And then uh, Into the Woods will probably be like a, a whole family affair where my parents and my uh, younger sister will want to go uh, see that. Um, and then I'm looking very much looking forward to being able to see Inherent Vice. Cool, cool. Alex, what should people go and see now? Um, uh, aside from Whiplash, what he said, I would I would recommend Force Majeure. Yeah, it's a awesome, hilarious, like ski avalanche family vacation movie. It's just hilarious. Everyone will love it and have a good time. It's a great recommendation. Um, and as for what I'm seeing next, you know, I I'm I'm gonna throw this out there. I really want to see the interview. <laughs> I don't care that people are saying it's not that great. Like I've been reading some of the critics who've already seen it and I missed all the screenings and they're like, it's really not all worth this discussion. I'm like, I don't care. I'm, I was actually excited to see it before this all happened. I was too, I'm man. I'm still excited to see it. I was too. So, yeah, I wish, I'm gonna, that's, that's the one that I hope that they somehow one day release it and I'm looking forward to it even though it's not gonna be the best comedy ever but I'm sure we'll all laugh and have a good time. Yeah, <laughs> like, what was all the hullabaloo about? Yeah. Uh, what you should see now is top five, or if you have Netflix, you should watch the BoJack Horseman Christmas special. Yes. Um, yep. <laughs> and what I'm going to see next is, uh, I don't know, probably a host of things, but one in particular, I guess, would be, I don't know, I don't know what comes out next week. 
Probably, I, I really want to go see Unbroken in America's Neighbor, but yeah, I, I don't, I'm not too wholly sure. Um, I would recommend Top 5. Um, I know Birdman's still out there, so see Birdman if you haven't seen that yet. Birdman. I know Boyhood's like back in a select number of theaters, so see Boyhood if you haven't seen that yet. Excellent. And uh, what I plan to see next, The Gambler. I'm actually looking forward to The Gambler quite a bit. I'm looking forward to just a fun Mark Wahlberg <laughs> crime drama. So let's do that. Let's get that going. Goodman, Larson, done. Happening. <laughs> All right, so with all that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron Nabe. You can find more of my work at thecodazeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at ysoblue.com. We actually all published our top ten Blu-rays of the year over at ysoblue.com this past week, and we'll have our top ten films up there soon as well. Uh, you can find me also at twitter.com slash Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag Bojack Horseman. Don't act like you don't know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a long hashtag. Yeah. Alex Billington, where can people find more of your work? Uh, as always at firstshowing.net and on Twitter at firstshowing. Ethan Anderson? Uh, I'm over at firstshowing as well. Uh, and then uh, you can also see me writing about various TV news and occasional reviews uh, at Geek Nation, where I also review uh, every new episode of Saturday Night Live. And on Twitter, I am at Ethan underscore Anderton. What would you think of the Amy Adams episode last night? Uh, I'm actually in the middle of it right now. Oh, okay. I, I have a record. I'm about halfway through it. Uh, it's it's a great Christmas episode so far. The Christmas episode is always fun, and yeah, there's been a lot of great stuff so far. Great. And yeah, you can find all the other episodes about now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes and at Stitcher, as well as hhwld.com. That is the podcast network that hosts our show, along with other fun shows about comics and games and cool stuff like that. You can also find our episodes over at outnow.podomatic.com, as well as soundcloud.com slash outnowpodcast. Feel free to email us your thoughts on, on uh, The Hobbit, The Battle of Five Armies, at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. You can also e- uh, interact with us over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast. Or tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And follow us at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. And lastly, feel free to send us a voicemail at 972-798-3830. You can let us know your thoughts on The Hobbit or anything else in audio form. We'd be happy to play it on the show. Yeah, we would be. Um, Alex, Ethan, thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having you guys. It's been been, been great talking about the mediocre nature of The Hobbit movie. It's been a battle of four armies. The three of us battled against Abe on this last game that we played. Um, so yeah, we hope you, we hope you guys have a very happy holiday. We hope our listeners have very happy holidays as well. And um, that's gonna do it until next time. So so long and goodbye. When it comes to Harry Potter, I always watch them in the same order. Five, seven, 
six, eight, <laughs> three, two, four, one. Uh, I thought it I was mean, kind of I... rude of them to do that. Oh, yeah? You thought it was rude of someone to sell your stuff? Yeah, I think that too, Abe. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah? Is that what you thought? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Nice. That, that was ill-mannered. You're right. Quite. I'm proud of every listener still sticking with this podcast right now. <laughs>